to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome, or welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Great to be with you today for the second part in our Your Questions Answered series. Last month, uh, we answered your question about how do we help young people transition well into university, survive and thrive at university. So if you haven't had the chance yet, go back and have a listen to that. Uh, This question is a great one. I'm so glad you asked it. It's how do we raise the spiritual temperature of our youth ministry? It's my privilege in a few moments to uh, introduce my friend Ryan Holmes to you. But just before I do, I've got to remind you that the Limitless Festival Early Bird is just about to finish. You've got just about a week before the end of April if you're listening to this as it's published uh, to get your tickets for that. And it's worth doing on the Early Bird. You save £10 per ticket, which quickly adds up uh, for your whole youth group. please go ahead do that limitlessfestival.co.uk to grab your early bird can't wait to be all together in the same space again (laughs) after a couple of years of doing festival online it's gonna be so so good but enough of that from me uh ryan holmes welcome to the limitless podcast thank you thank you thank you it is uh it's good to be in the podcast it feels like being in the hall of fame after seeing all of the amazing uh, people who've had <laughs> conversations with you so i'm glad to be here so good to have you with us now 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 ryan has been part of the limitless team for a long long time and is now leading the limitless team uh in ireland uh, ryan you've also been a uh, youth pastor at ut belfast for just shy of seven years doing mm-hmm. that and i'm sure you'll have um, some things to say about that journey but also now embarking upon uh, a brand new adventure as well as continuing to, to lead limitless in ireland what are you up to, Ryan? What's what's that? Yeah, we yeah we've had an amazing time uh, leading and building youth ministry, but we're in a new season where we're going to go and try and lead a church, a, a small little church called River of Life, um, just north of Belfast, uh, in a little town called Ballyclare. So there's not lots of uh, life in that church there. So we're going to we're going to see what God wants to do, partner with Him. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what he does. Um, we're excited about it. Uh, we're apprehensive about it. You know, leading church wasn't on our agenda, but it was on uh, seemingly on God's agenda. So uh, we're excited about that and seeing how, you know, it even allows us to model some stuff with young people in local church that we feel passionate about, Laura and I, my wife. Um, so yeah, that's what this next season looks like, which is exciting. Amazing. Now, uh, as, as I said, Ryan, just a, a few moments ago, th- this is a, a series called Your Questions Answered. Mm. Um, and it came from you. You were there. You were with us. Uh, you were speaking. Um, it came from Limitless Leaders, where we took a moment, didn't we, at that at that gathering of youth and children's ministry leaders to, to ask the question, hey, how how can we help? And what are the what are the topics that you'd like us to be able to speak into and help you with, whether that's via our learning communities or via the podcast? And one of the questions that that came out of that, and it's such a good one, is how do we raise the spiritual temperature of our youth ministry? And I loved that question. And as I thought, uh, and forgive me for embarrassing you for a moment, um, you wouldn't say this of yourself, but I'm going to say it of you. Uh, it didn't take me long, Ryan, to think about who who do I want to speak to about this question? Because the legacy of your um, almost seven years at, at UT Belfast, Ryan, I think what I've seen is a, a, a whole bunch of young people around you who have come through your youth ministry, who passionately love and follow Jesus. And um, I thought, well, that that's what I want. 
in my youth ministry i know that's what we all ultimately when you know youth ministry it asks a lot of us doesn't it and there are a lot of concerns and a lot of things that we give our attention to but ultimately ultimately our objective is that we want to raise up young people who passionately love and follow jesus and i've seen you do that and i hope that you're going to share the secret sauce with us in this conversation <laughs> right right um and so to get us going I, I really want to ask you this question because i've heard you use a phrase a lot um over the years particularly in, in more recent years and you used it around the limitless island team as well i know you've used it in your own youth ministry context and it's this idea of being unashamedly spiritual in mm. fact we, we 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 for limitless leaders a couple of years ago we used that as a as a theme uh, we talked about being uh, unashamedly spiritual and universally accessible and how we do both of those things but why that phrase ryan like what what does it mean to be uh, unashamedly spiritual and why is that important to you in youth ministry yeah well no thanks for your kind words and we have seen um seen that become a reality in the youth ministry that we've led um over these years i, I guess the first thing that i would say is just honor where honors you all, all that uh, we've done in building youth ministry is regurgitate and repeat the principles that we had and received as young people. We being mm -hmm. my wife and I, we being the team that, that we've built. And really, um, when I gave my life to Jesus as a teenager, I was part of a small youth ministry that we didn't see lots of salvations and see it grow heaps. But what we did see, what we did have was a spiritual appetite and a hunger. And then part of a larger youth ministry, honor, where honors due to Craig Brotherston, part of uh, 412. And, and, and really, it was there that this phrase I fully grasped um, because I didn't, it wasn't, I don't have copyright of it. I don't have the trademark of it. <laughs> but I guess as a phrase, unashamedly spiritual. I guess it is as leaders, we have to be unashamed in our belief in the work of the Holy Spirit. Tim, oh. like we, we are spiritual in the same way that Paul said, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God that brings salvation first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. That, that interchangeable term, unashamed, embarrassed, it, it comes the same way when it comes to youth ministry, that we are spiritual, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Why would we be embarrassed of this? Why would we be ashamed of this? Uh, why would we even try to hide this? This is the this is the primary reason we have teenagers in the room. And I guess for me, it's it's the responsibility of a youth leader to demystify as much as possible the Very work good. of Holy Spirit. So there is always a mystery when it comes to who he is and what he does, but it's the responsibility of the leader to demystify that as much as humanly possible. This is who we are. We're children of God, called by God, serving God with God, his spirit at work within us and through us. We, we are spiritual, but so often we sell that for something that feels more attractive and feels more like, well, this is what youth culture demands of us right now. Mm -hmm. When in actual fact, this, this, we are, this is what we have to offer. This yeah. is why you can have an 18 year old guy who, or girl who can connect as a youth leader in the same way that a 58 year old guy or girl can connect as a youth leader. That's because right. the, the principles are the same spirituality, hunger for God filled with the Holy Spirit and, and, and taking his leading and his guiding in order to build youth ministry, in order to help young people follow Jesus more effectively. Yeah, and Ryan, you said like, almost as a rhetorical question, like, you know, why, why would we be ashamed of this? This is who we are. 
Um, or why would we be embarrassed about this? Or why would we be shy about our spirituality? And I think I know the answer to that. And I think the answer is that we want our youth ministries to be as accessible as possible mm. for people who don't know Jesus yet. And so mm. what I think we then do is, or the, the danger, the potential danger is that we end up watering down our spirituality or the spiritual elements of what it what might happen within our youth ministry gatherings because our fear is that if we're very explicit about our spirituality as christians then this will deter people who are not followers of jesus from coming mm. i think that's why we do that i think that's the biggest yeah. number one reason but i think what we want to say ryan through this podcast and and something that we've been trying to say as limitless for a long time is that we you know i, I alluded to it earlier that we can be both unashamedly mm. spiritual and universally accessible we we can have youth ministries where we're not ashamed of the 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 spirituality that is inherent in our christianity and it is also a welcoming environment for people who don't yet know jesus who've never been in a church context before yeah. so the big uh, i mean you began to touch on it there ryan when you said about we've got a, it's our responsibility to demystify but but take that a bit further how do we how do we do that like how do we create these um kind of unashamedly spiritual environments that are still welcoming and ex accessible for young people who don't yet know jesus or, or who've maybe never been in any kind of church context before how do we how do we do that yeah so what you're saying is it's, a, it's so right i even was going to write some stuff down there as we were going and remembered that we're having a conversation that other people are going to be part of. <laughs> With that, that phrase, universally accessible, the most universal language in the world is love, right? Mm. And, and so the role of the Spirit in our lives is, is in order that we would receive more of the love of the Father. So as we have spiritual, Holy Spirit-led, Holy Spirit-focused youth ministries, what we, what we really are doing in, in that is having a love-based youth ministry where really you're, you're hoping for, regardless of a, of a teenager's background, that they would be in, in environments where everything would point towards the love of the Father. Cool. And so so as, we, as we actively pursue in a youth ministry setting, actively pursue gifts of the Holy Spirit, that the common denominator would be love, that people uh, would receive a word of knowledge, but what they would really receive is an increased understanding that the Father really loves me. In a youth work setting, as you maybe speak words of encouragement, what teenagers are, you're being led by the Holy Spirit, unashamedly spiritual. What, what teenagers are receiving in a, in a youth work setting, maybe a, even in a secular-based area, is an increased understanding that God is a Father who loves me. And so uh, there's, I think there's so many... I understand what it's like to be in a set. And I remember as a teenager and I was encouraging my, my PE teacher about church and knew that he was kind of like uh, back and forth with God. And he said, I went to a church on Sunday and it was wild. They had flags, they had this. And this was stuff <laughs> that I was used to, but I understood what he was saying. And so, yes, there's, there's practical things that we can do in order that we are universally accessible. But when we keep the principles clear, you know, when we keep the main idea clear, the main idea of 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, that all of these things are birthed in love, based in love. And the purpose of them is that we would experience the Father's love for us and we would walk in our right identity as children of God. Then 
unashamedly spiritual becomes the only option. It, become, it becomes the, well, why would we want to compromise for anything else? Because actually we love these teenagers so much and we want them to experience the love of the Father. Uh, yeah. And Holy Spirit can help us help us do that in a really effective way. So I guess, I don't know if that answers your question, but I guess that's how I view some of the universally accept, accessible. I think in youth culture right now, you're aware of it and you're much more of an expert in this field than I am. There's much, there's more and more teenagers who are pursuing some degree of spirituality and spiritual enlightenment. Even it's true. Yeah. Um, it, where I exercise and where I train, one of the guys said to me recently, um, who's one of the coaches, I mean, I, I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. I kind of thought, oh, I, I'm not really sure what you mean by that. Like, that's an interesting phrase. We had a good conversation about it, but there's more and more teenagers here who are open to something real, open yeah. to something authentic, open to something that is transformative. Uh, and so actually we can gently guide youth culture towards truth in the form of Holy Spirit, who will pour in the love of the Father into their lives, give them right identity, give them a, a real sense of purpose in who they are, speak truth in, against the lies that they've heard. And actually, perhaps this wave of youth culture, this trend within youth culture is youth ministry has become actually much more relevant with That's interesting. this trend. Because all of a sudden, when spirituality, Holy Spirit led, Holy Spirit filled, becomes our, our primary importance in our gatherings, our primary importance in our conversations, in our relational conversations with young people, actually their, um, their antennas are peaked a little bit more because yeah. it's normal in the culture around them. So Yeah, I, I think that's a really keen observation and really helpful. You, you spoke earlier, you used the word demystifying. What do you mean by that? And, and how do we do it? Because, you know, let's face it, you know, if, if, if a young person who isn't a Christian comes into an environment and, you know, we're singing songs about Jesus, maybe, and people have got their hands in the air. And then especially if, you know, there's baptism of the spirit and that is kind of uh, evidencing itself in, in physical ways, mm-hmm. or if the gifts of the spirit are being used, words of knowledge, or particularly something like, and I know the Bible has a whole load to say about how we use this in, in gatherings that we won't get, won't have time to get into now, but, you know, stuff like if, if people overhear others speaking in tongues in worship, for example, I mean, let's face it. It is, it is weird. It is freaky yeah. if you've not ever seen anything like that or experienced anything yeah. like that before. So how do we do that demystifying thing, right? So uh, for me, I, I probably categorize this into two areas, active demystifying and passive demystifying, as in I am, I am actively explaining. Uh, I mean, the best person that I've seen do it is Mike Pilavachi, who just actively explains everything yeah. that's going on in the most simple um, joyous way in which people yeah. are just like, oh, that's okay. I can, I can be relieved. You know, I can be relaxed in this environment. So that, for me, there's active. So um, when somebody's getting prayed for and they fall over and there's non Christians around them, my the my passive way of responding to that is just like, oh, don't worry, guys. This is just this is just normal. You know, like that kind of stuff happens sometimes where, where people fall over because they're they're overwhelmed but at any point they can get back up you don't need to worry about it and it's and it's like brushing it off so it is like a, a passive sense of calmness and composure yeah that's but good yeah. my active way uh so stuff like um making sure in in youth settings if people are 
um, if there's an opportunity to pray for people, that kind of thing, over explaining everything, just not just no assumptions in the room. Hey, if you don't follow Jesus and somebody puts their hand on you to pray for you, I encourage you that at any moment you can you can say to them, hey, hey can you not pray for me? And they'll not be embarrassed or they'll not they'll not be uh, um, angry at you or anything like that. Uh, but you can actually opt out. But in the same way that if you're happy to be prayed for, for somebody to maybe pop a hand on your shoulder uh, appropriately and pray for you, encourage you just let them know, hey, I, I don't I don't follow Jesus yet or I'm not used to these environments. So just to let you know as you pray for me and really, and then just explain them what they're doing. They're really just talking to God for you, you know, and, and really explaining lots of it. But at the same time, creating creating environments where it's normal, you know, like actually the Holy Spirit moving and speaking is normal. Hey guys, as, as we pray for one another, you might see some people crying. You might see some, you, you might see some people laughing. I just encourage you in the same way that if, if you were in an environment, there would be some expression, you know, in the same way that I go to football matches and I express my joy one way or I sing or I shout or whatever, or I express my frustration one way. It's the same way sometimes when we experience the goodness of God, we have, we have to express it. It's not frustration and it's not anger, but sometimes it's joy. Sometimes it's mm. just an emotional release of stuff we've been holding in for so long. So you don't need to overthink that. You don't need to worry about anybody, but really, but really that is, that's really what's going on in moments like this. I have a story of one of the times uh, with our youth ministry and it was the end of a meeting and uh, there was this, like a praise song. It was a bit of a praise party and people were jumping and dancing. It was crazy. There was, there was tons of people in the room and I'll not mention where it was or when it was, but it was our youth ministry and they were together and I seen a little bit of commotion as people were jumping up and down. And so I went across to work out what was going on and there was this girl and she was like standing kind of on one leg and uh, there was these two other people down on the floor and they were, they, I mean, they were calling down the rain of heaven on this girl. <laughs> But this girl was in, in, in distress. She was crying. She was in pain. And so I was trying to work out what was going on. And so I, I kind of like pulled people out of the road to try and get through uh, what was going on. To cut a long story short, she went over on her ankle during worship. She had a broken oh. ankle. <laughs> and these guys were, they, she, hadn't, she hadn't even got to leave the room yet. And they were praying for healing. And, you know, like they're some of the, I mean, other, that would put other people off pursuing the Holy Spirit in their youth ministry. But actually, it, it puts me onto it more. That actually, young people believe that, hey, you've just basically snapped your ankle during a praise party, but God can heal it. God can do something. God can move. Like, is that not the childlike faith and the, the kind of joy that we want? Like, don't be <laughs> wrong. I wasn't pleased at the time by any stretch, but it was a, there was a purity about that moment of like, yeah. hey, we believe something of the character of God here that is special yeah. and needs to be protected. So I guess that, that, that would be my category, like actively demystifying and passively as in, uh, we need to speak against what's not okay, the environments, biblically, you know, Bible-based stuff, what, yeah, what's yeah. inappropriate, and then passively, hey, this is water off a duck's back, this is normal, you know, guys, these things happen, and just kind of like you being composed and relaxed in environments where Holy Spirit is working and moving in people's lives. Yeah, R- really good, and one of the things, when you were talking about the you know, the explanation, we, we, we demystify, we try to explain everything. One of the things that I think is so important about that is that 
it communicates to the young person that's there um, who's not a Christian that they are supposed to be there, that you are expecting that they would be there and that you're glad that they're there. Whereas if all of our language is aimed at the people who are already familiar with the environment, it communicates to them, oh, this isn't for me. This Mm -hmm. is for Christians. I'm not Mm -hmm. supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. So, so bringing that explanation, hey, if if you're if you're someone here and you've never been to something like this before, I get that it might feel a little bit weird. Let me explain what's going on. Mm-hmm. It just makes them it, again. It comes back to the, I guess the thing you were saying about about love. It makes them feel like, oh, okay, so I am. Uh, this is for me. I am yeah. supposed to be here, which is yeah. so important, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Really, super important. Yeah. Um, let, let me j- just change track just a little bit uh, here, Ryan, because obviously. The question is how we raise the spiritual temperature uh, mm. in our youth ministry. But one thing we know to be true of discipleship, one thing we true we know to be true of spirituality is this, that we can't give what we don't possess, right? Mm. A- a- as leaders, we can't take others where we haven't first been ourselves. So I want to ask you this question. It's more a self-leadership question, really. Mm. Uh, how do we keep our own spiritual temperature hot you know where where the apostle paul says never be lacking in zeal but keep your spiritual fervor in serving the lord i know so so many of us you know especially over the last couple of years may feel like we've lost that and that that thermostat has gone down a little bit if you like so 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 what are what are some of the key kind of self-leadership things that you'd encourage us in to keep our own spiritual temperature hot as leaders yeah um so i think the clearest way for me to process this on a personal level is that I don't live by feeling any longer. I live by conviction and by principle. The principle is Jesus is worthy of my life. The conviction is I'm going to serve God with everything I have. And so regardless of whether or not I'm having a tough day or maybe a tough little pocket of time, a season is a loaded word. So we'll not say season, but just a little pocket of time in life that just feels more challenging than others. I'm, I'm still passionate about serving God. My conviction is still Jesus is worthy of my life and I want to serve him. So whether or not I do that isn't in question. It's whether or not I'm as prepared as I can be in order to do that, that's in question. And so I I guess that the clearest way for me to think about it is that I've had a number of tours in my life, like different things. If I got there and the tour guide said that they, you know, I haven't seen this part myself before, I would have some doubts around that. I would have some concerns around that. (laughs) And so in in youth environments for me, where I know that we're going to pursue God, in a deep way, in a passionate way, I'm going to get there beforehand. You know, I'm going to be there in prayer for yeah. a period of time, a couple of days before that. I'm going to have been there in my spirit and in my mind and in my heart uh, in order that I can lead people there myself. Before we take an individual there, before we take a group there, we have to have been there ourselves. We can't we can't go on this stuff on a whim. And so the, I mean, the, the, the basic disciplines of being in God's word, allowing it to sharpen you, yeah. being in God's presence. I mean, I personally love soaking music where I just, there's no words to it. It's just me. And I'm just speaking in tongues and spending time with the Lord. But the, it's funny because people, not everybody 
speaks in tongues. And so yours might be that you would, you would write down some of the words of knowledge that you feel like God's putting in your heart or the prophetic words that God's given you, or there's so many different ways or words of encouragement or some of those things. But I think you just, you have to get there before you're going to take other people there. You really can't give what you don't possess. Like, mm -hmm. and John Maxwell said, any organization is an extension of its leader. Any organization is an extension of its leader. And, and so that, that applies to sub-organizations, sub-groups within churches. The, the youth ministry, in some ways, is a reflection of the church, but in so many ways, is a reflection of the leader. So the leader needs to get there. The leader needs to have spiritual appetite and, and not spiritual apathy. The, the fascinating thing about God's word, the fascinating thing about prayer, is that the Bible is described as in some ways, Jesus is described as, as bread of life. The, the Bible is, you know, eat this book. There's a, there's imagery there about it being like spiritual food, being fed by the word of God. And the interesting thing about this spiritual book compared to uh, and supernatural book compared to natural food is that when you eat natural food, you you're, you lose your appetite. You you're full. You become full. But when you when you Eat, I believe that when you eat this spiritual book, when you're taking in more of the word of God, you, you actually don't get um, to this point where you're simply, oh, I've had enough of that. But actually, it increases your appetite. You actually it's more like Pringles. You actually, <laughs> one or many, that's the real question. Yeah. But actually, you, you want more of it, more of it. You want, you think spending three hours in God's presence is a long period of time. Then you spend three hours in God's presence praying and worshiping uh, and taking time with the Lord. And you could, you could spend another hour, no problem, if you have this space in your diary. All of a sudden, when you get there, you realize, hey, this, this, this was actually. This was amazing. Oh, I don't know. I don't know why I do this more often. And so that's, I guess that's my, that would be what I would challenge. Like sometimes the things that we don't like that we see in our youth ministries, sadly, are bigger mirrored reflections of our own lives than we want them to be. And so actually that, that shouldn't discourage us, but it should cause us to want more of God, to be wanting God's word more, to be pursuing God with more diligence, more appetite, more hunger, more enthusiasm, more energy, keeping your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord, right? Paul, the Bible, Paul prayed for so much. He, he said, thank you, Lord, that I have so much energy to contend with. That's, that's who we want to be. We want to be praying that God would give us energy and yeah. in order that we can continue to serve God. And yeah. so I guess that would be when it comes to that, that sense of not being, not given what we don't have, what we don't possess. We need to have been there first yeah. we need to have been yeah. spending time with the Lord in order that we, we can coach people and we can guide people somewhere that we've been before. Yeah. Really good. Really good. On, on the flip side then, Ryan, mm -hmm. what, what, what do we do when we find ourselves lacking zeal, uh, mm -hmm when we haven't kept our spiritual fervor, where maybe we're just feeling a bit tired or burnt out or um, just stuck in a little bit of a rut, I guess, in our own spirituality. Mm -hmm. I've been there, you know, yeah. we've all been there. How would you, for, for the leader listening right now, who, who feels like, you know what, I, I, I really want to, I really want to kind of up the temperature in my kind of youth ministry, but I know, like, as you've said, that needs to come first in my own life. But the truth is I'm just not there right now. Mm -hmm. Like how do we engage that problem and, and, and begin to kind of turn that ship around, so to speak? Yeah. 
Um, that is a it's a tricky place to be. It's a challenging place to be when when you you feel like you're given out of deficit, you, mm. when you feel like you're given out of overdraft. And um, in many ways, from my perspective personally, I don't see a simple answer outside of simplicity. Um, so either either the youth ministry is not going to get there, and sometimes you need to make a personal shift in order that the youth ministry can get there. And other times when you actually know, you know, God's called me to this, actually it begins with simplicity and returning to the, the spiritual disciplines and the spiritual yes. habits that yeah. are yeah. most, um, well, are vital, their lifeblood essentially to the follower of Jesus. But James Clear talks in Atomic Habits. Uh, he, t- he talks about if you want to be somebody who, who goes to the gym, he said, like, uh, for the first number of days, put your gym clothes on, tie your laces. Then the next number of days, put your gym clothes on, tie your laces and drive to the gym, drive home again. <laughs> then the next number of days, put your gym clothes on, drive to the gym, go into the gym, go home again. <laughs> then the next number of days, do the same process, gym clothes, drive to the gym, go into the gym and begin to do a little bit, little, like a little, like a quarter workout go home again. What you're doing there is you're, you're building habits, you're building, you're building rhythms. And if you're not daily spending time with the Lord, if you're not praying, if you're not growing in your relationship with God, seeking the Lord fast and all of these things, some of the worst advice you could possibly get is like, that I would say right now is like, well, you need to just put it all together. You need to read the Bible in a week. You need to pray and fast all week. And for some people, you might take that as a word from the Lord and go and do that and it might work. But for the for the general populace of people, it's going to begin with the small. It's going to begin with, hey, come on, you need to get back into God's word. You need to not yeah. be reading, you need to not be reading your Bible just for youth ministry this yeah. uh, this yeah. weekend. You need to be reading it and growing. You need to be spending some time just doing devotionals. You need to be praying, pray effectively, pray accordingly, pray appropriately. You'd be spending some time worshiping Jesus, but do that little by little, but build it on a de- in a daily way so that it's not overbearing, so that it's not outweighing, so that it's not overwhelming in any way, shape, or form. But actually, so what you're doing is you're building a capacity in order to take people somewhere. So I guess that would be the most watered down, simplistic version of that. Mm. But one thing outside of that is seek accountability. You know, like get some people around you who are going to sharpen you, who are going to push you on, who are going to challenge you, who are going to love you, who are going to correct you, who are going to teach you, who are going to equip you more effectively, who are going to hold your arms up uh, in the midst of the challenges. Uh, and wisdom's found in a multitude of counselors. Yeah. And, so, and, and also, Ryan, people, like, like people who are like passionate for God themselves, yeah. because it's contagious, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. we, you know, we become like the people we most surround ourselves with ultimately, mm-hmm. don't we? So it, yeah, like it, it's the accountability and it's the, it, it's the help and support, but if, but we catch something from those people. So if we're around people who have a spiritual apathy, eventually, you know, most of us become spiritually apathetic, mm-hmm. but if we're around people who have got a spiritual, you know, uh, fire and contagion around around and we'll, 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 soon enough catch it from them yeah which is the very advice that we all give young people but we don't often take ourselves (laughs) it's very true isn't it you know it's reminded me this right like this is probably a couple of years ago now um where i i I began to recognize in my own life that i was um 
I, I was not keeping my spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. And the way that the, the way that I realized that was happening is I began just to notice cynical thoughts. Mm. And I've, you know, and, and, and that was an alarm bell for me because I've always taught like cynicism is like the enemy of, of mm. leadership because it's the enemy of hope and, and leadership brings hope and calls out hope. Mm. Um, and, and so what, what I did is I, I, I took some time away. Um, I, I booked like a retreat center and I took a day and I, it's, that's like part of the regular kind of a spiritual discipline for me. I do that once a month. So I, so I used one of those days. And I tried to just identify in the presence of the Holy Spirit, what what are the things that are just squashing me down right now? Mm-hmm. What are the what are the things that are causing me to feel apathetic or tired uh, or, or to lose my spiritual fervor? And I began to notice that there wasn't one big thing, but it was just a season of life where there were a whole load of frustrations and challenges, each little in their own right but the, the combination of those was was kind of squashing me really and 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 putting that fire out and and i began to list them one by one in my journal um and then i tried to go through a bit of a self-leadership exercise having identified those things and and in in this retreat center where i was there was a um there was a wood burner so i lit it and i had some flip chart paper with me and i wrote these things one by one on this flip chart paper and i and i cast them each into the fire and burn them up to say, Lord, um, I'm just giving this to you. I'm not going to allow this to shape my attitude anymore. I want to give this back to you. And then, and and then what I did is I kind of came away and I took my journal up again and I've just wrote down one by one, all of the things that I was thankful for, all of the things that were lifting my spirits, all of the things that, um, uh, that were exciting me and energizing me. And you know, Ryan, I left that day and my circumstances were the same as when I came in, but my perspective on those circumstances was totally different. And I just think sometimes we need to engage, like when we notice that spiritual fervor in serving the Lord is beginning to diminish, we just need to take a bit of time to engage in some of those, not necessarily that, but however the Holy Spirit leads you to do it, that that self-leadership exercise of first identifying, I think, those things that are beginning to diminish us, but to fix our attention on the on the on the goodness of God mm. and the privilege that we have and to remind ourselves again, like, wow, I get to do this and I get to do this with Jesus and just feel that kind of uh that that further begin to rekindle again you know and 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 it, it is it is a self-leadership responsibility isn't it nobody can do this for us nobody can make us passionate of course it's the work of the holy spirit but we partner with the spirit of god in that um uh, don't we and, and so yeah it's yeah. really helpful let, let, let's let's um let's let's talk then about because i i think this is um this is something that a, a lot of youth leaders are, are maybe going through well, I think historically, but perhaps now more than ever, and that is how do we how do we begin to tackle spiritual apathy in the lives of our young people? Like mm. you know, we've gone through the pro- obviously, you know, we've gone through the process ourselves, and we're we're as, as leaders, we're in love with Jesus and we're passionate for God. Um, how do we begin to tackle that spiritual apathy in the lives of young people and help them to turn up the spiritual temperature? in their own lives what are some of the keys that you've found in your journey of youth ministry um Um, so tell them who they really are so that that is the clearest 
the clearest one for me and raising the spiritual temperature in the life of a teenager, telling the teenager who they really are. When they, when, when we see culture, culture is just behavior. When we see behavior in a teenager, that's not them. That's not Christ-like. That's not, it's just not, it's not fitting with who they really are. Uh, it's been something that I've always been forward enough, uh, intrusive enough, which is a negative word, but I mean, I've always tried to use it quite positively enough to tell them that's not you, you know, you, you actually are, you, you're a godly person and you're wise and you're wise with your words and you're using profanity and you're speaking a certain way. That's not you or Hey, that's not you. Come on. I've, I've seen, I, I know that there's, there's fire inside of you when it comes to moments of worship and you want to pursue God, but you're being held back by those around you. Come on. This isn't you. I think mm-hmm. that is the biggest one for me, telling a teenager who they really are in Christ, coming against the lies of the enemy in a, in a very active way and speaking the truth of God's word into the depths of their soul in a believable way, in a real way. I don't mean telling lies to teenagers like, come on, God's called you to be the next president. And they're like, I'm, from the <laughs> I'm not going to be the president of the USA. I, I don't mean telling teenagers lies, but I mean speaking biblical truth into who they are yeah. in a very clear, in a very direct manner birthed in love i don't mean like screaming at them come on this isn't you you're godly but i mean birthed in love like telling them being aware of your tone being aware of your eye contact being aware of your smile and speaking truth into them in the most loving in the most passionate way see encouragement is the heart culture of the prophetic you know if if you want if you want god to use you to prophesy first be somebody who's willing for God to use you through encouragement and encourage as many of the teenagers under your care as possible. Um, often, little and often, just little and often, just little words of encouragement, little words that build them up, little words that strengthen them. For me, that is the most the most intentional way uh, that we here raise the spiritual temperature of our youth ministry over those years. I think the other way uh, that it feels probably self-explanatory, but I'll explain it anyway, is making sure there's an environment to pursue God, like yeah. making sure that there is, an, and it doesn't have to be depending on which way your, your youth group, your, your youth work project or youth ministry set up. It doesn't have to be, you know, like seven nights a week and it doesn't have to be your daily rhythm. If it is awesome, but making sure there is an outlet for, for these young guys and young girls to pursue God, to be in a space to pursue God, teaching them how to pursue God when they go home, where it's not just a church-centric thing, but it's a life-centric thing. It's it's about Jesus. And if he's with us everywhere we go, then we can spend time with him in our bedrooms. And so making sure that there's environments where they can experience God in a powerful way. So either creating those physical environments through gatherings, or resourcing those personal environments at home and keeping young people kind of accountable or at least encouraging them towards those environments. So they're really the, the two simple kind of practices that, that we've had. And this, the festival. <laughs> <laughs> and that. Um, this is good stuff. I'll, let me just dig a little bit deeper into that, into that, into that second one. Cause I, I yeah, well, the, into the first point, you know, I, I, I've always thought that's one of the great joys of youth ministry is to see something in the life of a young person that they don't see in themselves and to call it out of them yeah. and, say, yeah. and to speak that over them. Yeah, I believe, I believe this is who you are and I believe this for your future. And I can, I can see the work of God in your life this way. And you just see that hope, you know, rise in, in, in their lives yeah. as you do that. 
Um, but to that second point of creating those environments where where pursuing God is the norm, let's dig a little bit deeper in, in, into that. What do those environments look like? If we, if we can talk maybe specifically about those gathered moments for, for now, mm. where we bring where we bring young people together, what 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 does an environment look like? A gathered youth group where where pursuing God is is the normal where where an environment where that become that becomes just what we do and who we are what does that look like how do we do it so um over the years of building youth ministry that we we really pretty much all of our gatherings had the opportunity to experience god uh, and pursue god but the really fridays fridays were hey bring people the god's word's going to be taught now this this wasn't the external language but it's the internal language the external language was come friday is going to be epic there's food you know there's there's loads of people there it's going to be it's going to be a great night the, the internal language was that we're going to spend time worshiping we're going to have a prayer slot sometimes we'll do ministry somebody's going to teach from the bible in a clear way to young people we're going to be unashamed about this this is who we are that setting the other setting that we had which sometimes actually gets me more excited uh was a, a thing that we we just called seekers and so essentially um once every month a couple of times a month sometimes uh, on a different night on a sunday night before church we, when we used to have evening services before coronavirus uh <laughs> we, would, we would the youth, young people would come the youth ministry would gather we would be in a different room and it would be like a huge prayer space, but in a different way, because every young person's bedroom, we don't expect it to be a prayer room. Well, you would hope that it would be a prayer room, but you don't expect it to be a prayer room like the guys at 24-7 do or stuff like that. And so what we would have is just a space. It was an intimate space, maybe some fairy lights. And, and usually we wouldn't even have somebody who would lead us in worship, but we would put we would put some some worship music on. We could have had some of the guys lead us in worship, part of our worship team, but we put some worship music on, very selectively chosen. There's a one-hour time cap. We would spend time worshiping. There would be no words on the screen. So uh, here, here are young people then, some of them knowing the words because they're spending time with God, some of them not knowing the words and catching the words as they go, some of them not knowing the words at all because they're not used to these environments. And that's okay because uh, it's, it's the, pretty much, it's not exclusive because it's not exclusive in its culture, but it's not highly accessible in these moments in this setting and then what we'd have is hey why don't we break into twos and what we're going to do is we're going to pray for one another or we're going to go through uh 1 corinthians 14 and we're going to prophesy over one another uh, and really no we're, we're not saying that you're all prophet or prophetesses what we're saying is we're going to actively intentionally walk toward the gift of prophecy it has to encourage it has to strengthen it has to build it has to comfort it has to build other people up if it if you're if what you feel in your heart for your partner if what you feel in your mind for the person that you're with in your duo doesn't fall into one of those categories then hey we encourage you just don't say it instead think of something that's encouraging that would fall into one of those three kind of positive categories and speak into them and all of a sudden what you would have in the room when you do the recap is hey so hey what did god say what what do we feel like you know what what, what did we share with one another and some people would share and other people would say hey I had a word for this person, but then I felt like God gave me a word for that person. So I went over there and shared with them and all of these teenagers who effectively at very least are encouraging one another in God and at most are prophesying, speaking into the destinies of one another. 
all in this environment. Sometimes it would be like we would do soap stuff or we'd, it, you would have, as in scripture, observation, application, prayer, kind of Bible study, or other times we would have like a, you know, like just printed out pieces of paper with verses on it and just a couple of questions to reflect, but very simple practices that essentially the fruit wasn't in the room. The fruit was outside the room when they go home and they can replicate the environment in their bedroom now. Mm, mm. And so it wasn't all of this. It was, it was, it was a facilitation in one sense, but there was no worship team. There was no preacher. There was mm. no, it was high, high, high activation. Yeah. And so the goal of that then was that people would go home and they want to spend time with God or they'd say, hey, do you want to hang out this week? And I don't know, that was amazing. We'll read the Bible together. We'll talk about it together, stuff like that. And they would, or they would go into the city center and they would practice some of this stuff, treasure hunting, trying to hear God and, <laughs> um, and just having fun with it, but really making it, you know, high, high on activation. So they're really the two environments that we've had it in. Uh, recently, we've been doing... Uh, um, just in that last period of leading youth ministry, we'd, we'd been doing like a translating God curriculum in our in our small group structure, which is really it's really about words of knowledge. It's really about the prophetic. It's really about dreams and visions from God. And all of that was happening in small group settings where you're unpacking the Bible together, having conversations where there's food, where it's fun. It doesn't feel weird. It all feels interesting. Yeah, ex explain that a little buttons. bit more, Ryan, because I'm I'm conscious that um, for 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 a bunch of um, people listening, it you know that is their youth group. It's it's five to ten young people yeah. in a in a living room. There's not a worship team. Brilliant. There's there's not a preacher, uh, but we can still do this in those spaces, can't we? Yeah. We can still create these environments yeah. where pursuing God is the normal. So so explain that. Explain that translating God curriculum and how that's worked and how you've you've activated the spiritual gifts in that setting and created unassuming uh, spiritual environments in that setting. Yeah, so there's this little phrase. Most people maybe have heard it before. Youth ministry is not youth ministry unless the ministry is done by the youth. So my primary focus uh, as a youth pastor, as a youth leader, was always coaching. It was never as much as I did preaching, as much as aspects of leadership were part of that role. It was always coaching. It was always equipping teenagers for the work of ministry. And so in a smaller setting, it was always, hey, what do you think about this? So one of the opening questions always in our in our small group structure is what stood out to you? It's not we're leading with our agenda, but yes, we have an agenda. Yes, there is a focus of the night. Yes, there's a key topic. But what stood out to you? And some weeks, some weeks, what stands out to the young people within their small group? was what would really dictate the conversation on that night because it gripped them. And so really you're trying to coach. So the translating God curriculum, um, it, we don't, we've never really, we, we didn't really use lots and lots of curriculums. We kind of built our own as we went over the years, but this was one that I just felt was vitally important for, for us to really raise the spiritual temperature of our youth ministry, to be honest. Uh, and it, it's a curriculum by, and it's a book also by a guy called Sean Bowles, uh, who came out of Bethel and um, he, he leads church in California down in LA and, and really um, it's a high, high focus on words of knowledge, uh, high understanding of prophecy and the prophetic, uh, really a, a leaning in on, on dreams and visions from God. But all of it is about the love of the father. Everything yeah. is about the father's love. And so some of it um, for young people, 
everything, it was, a, it was actually a really practical tool for us to demystify the work of the spirit because mm-hmm. all of a sudden young people were going, oh, this is so that you experience God's love in a greater way. That's why I would share this with you in their small group setting. And mm-hmm. so you're, you're helping them do that. Some of the curriculum uh, talks about giving feedback uh, on your prophetic words. We didn't do that in the same way because we just, we just, we were just thrilled that young people were willing to give it a go. And we were yeah, yeah. leaning on the majors rather than focusing on the minors kind of saying like, that's amazing that you were willing to share that with your friend or you're willing to share that with that person in your connect group. Well done but lots of opportunity to activate young people in twos and threes. And so I, I think in a smaller setting, sometimes smaller settings, you know, they, they feel like uh, when you're leading a small youth ministry that you're missing out on, on lots, but that's really, that's where you get to hear all the stories in a smaller setting. So you get yeah. to say, guys, there's six of us. We're going to break into three groups of two. And what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to share with one another. We're going to look at these verses and we're going to encourage one another in God. Yeah see how we get on and then recap it together and make sure nobody feels confused and nobody feels like they lack clarity and everybody's going away going god used me and god spoke to me oh my days that's amazing yeah and so that would be yeah that's right well let me just ask one more question right if that's okay before we wrap up because uh again i'm just wanting to kind of contextualize all kinds of different youth ministry contexts there'll 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 be some who have a kind of youth church style that you've already talked about you know Mm -hmm. that kind of worship word ministry kind of vibe there'll be others who have more which is more of a a kind of small group bible study environment which again you've just described but what about that 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 youth worker listening right now who has that kind of i guess we might call it a youth club kind of vibe where you know it would go something like this you, you show up and there's some chill time and then there's some games and then maybe there's a god slot where there might be a testimony or a video or someone might share something from scripture and then there are some discussion groups uh, and then there's maybe some more chill time and, and you go home there's a mix of young people there some are christians many are not what about that environment mm-hmm. how, how can we turn up the spiritual temperature in that kind of environment yeah. Well, well, firstly, I think it's it's some of the most challenging. That environment is some of the most challenging environment for youth workers. So if, if you're one of those people listening, well done. Uh, that is amazing. And how you're getting on and what you're doing is valuable in the kingdom of God uh, and really does matter and will have eternal impact. What I would encourage you with is probably, probably a few things. Firstly, um, try and get those young people especially unchurched young people into as many spiritual environments as you possibly can i.e make sure they're at things like limitless one limitless festival uh, local youth events take them away in a minibus have mcdonald's with them lots of lots and lots of relationship uh, building in order to encourage them regardless of what you do for a living so whether it's you're a full-time youth worker or whether you're a full-time volunteer and you've got 14 of your own children and you've got a full-time job try your best as much as humanly possible to get those young people into those environments because you might write yourself off but they are not discriminating they're not ages they are open to whatever it is that you're you're willing to share with them in the in the context of relational equity like building that relational equity making sure that they're seen as a group that they're all on some form of journey but i would just lean in on that word journey that word process Um, there's lots and lots of brilliant youth clubs but in an age of youth provision 
it is it is the things of the spirit that make us distinct. I went mm. growing up, I went to a Monday night Bible meeting that I went to for because if you got the question right, you you got one pound. Uh, I went to a Tuesday night youth club, I went to a Wednesday night youth club, I went to football training throughout the week as well, you know, and I went to church on there was lots and lots of youth provision. But our distinct markers in our environments are environments that are Holy Spirit led. Holy Spirit focused. And so in these environments, your time reveals what you value most. And so if in a, if in a youth club setting, it would absolutely bomb if you started to do worship and preaching. Fair enough. I absolutely, context is king in this conversation. But how, how, how led by the Spirit you are as a person yeah. is up to you to decide. So how you spend your time reveals what you value on that night. So if you're not talking with young people, having intentional conversations, you know, pulling them kind of off a little bit in the, obviously in a public environment, but having deep, good, godly conversations. And instead you're just kind of playing pool and having superficial level conversations. People, your values aren't going to be seen in the same way mm-hmm. as what it would if you were working around the room, encouraging young people, speaking life in the young people, speaking truth in the young people, encouraging young people. Hey, why don't you come to church on Sunday? Hey, why don't you come to this event? Hey, are you going to come to this this time? Hey, you know, uh, do you remember that last time at camp, encouraging the Christians in the room? Hey, remember that time that you shared your testimony? That was amazing. Have you shared your testimony since? Hey, what's going on in school? Are you being led by the Holy Spirit in school? Is God speaking to you? Hey, do you mind if I pray? for your granny you know i heard that there's some stuff going yeah, on there. Yeah. i'm gonna pray for you right now other people are watching but you don't need to be aware of that if they're laughing they're laughing at me not you so i'm gonna pray right now and so you're encouraging that culture as much as possible i guess i have a, probably a, a few little practical things your values are often seen in what you give most time to as a group uh the holy spirit moments have to be more exciting than anything else they can't be um the things that we bring friends to, all of this stuff that uh, the world would see as exciting, our moments with God have to be the most exciting. Uh, the, another little phrase, bite size, is whoever tells the best story shapes the culture. The stories where God does something significant are the stories that we need to repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat until we're blue in the face repeating them because whoever <laughs> tells the best story shapes the culture and culture is just behavior. So when you're telling a story of God moving, God speaking, God using people, what you're doing is saying this is the behavior that we believe in this is the behavior that we want to celebrate because what you celebrate you replicate i would encourage us to focus on journey an ongoing journey in order to display an increase in temperature hey remember when we first started doing worship in here some of us wouldn't sing and look at us some of us are singing now some of us are raising hands now pushing the young people in a positive and a gentle way towards journey and then the last thing I think when it comes to raising this spiritual temperature is that we're supposed to be thermostats. Yes. Not thermometers. A thermostat sets temperature, a thermometer records temperature. And I guess we need to be very, very intentional as leaders about who sets the spiritual thermostat in the room because somebody is setting it. Yeah. So if it's not not a Holy Spirit environment, 
we think, oh, well, if it's not a, a, an environment that feels like uh, it has an appetite and a hunger for God, perhaps you aren't setting the temperature and mm-hmm. somebody else in the room is. And it, it is our responsibility to be intentional with who sets the spiritual temperature in the room. It might be the loud, vocal young person who, you know, we're encouraging to maybe not speak as loud and speak as often. Or it might be somebody who kind of, talks in other people's ears negatively or it might be the really godly young person who's just passionate about jesus but somebody is setting the spiritual temperature and i encourage that the leader needs to be intentional about who that is it doesn't have to be the leader necessarily it can be a very very key influential young person but it can't be the wrong person otherwise the spiritual temperature isn't going to rise it's going to drop significantly yeah really good Ryan, what really helpful thoughts to conclude there. And I'm really grateful for that. And, and I wonder if I could just ask you, just as, as we wrap up, um, I'd love it if you could just pray mm. for all of those uh, leaders listening that they, that, yeah, that they would keep their spiritual fervor in serving the Lord. For anyone who's struggling right now, that they just know the, the love of, of, of God and, and that they begin to see that rekindle in their lives again but also that we would just see you know supernatural holy spirit break yeah. out in yeah. and through the lives of our young people would, would you pray for us ryan yeah absolutely uh father i thank you that your heart uh, for us is unchanging that you love us passionately and deeply and you love this generation lord god i thank you that every person lord god in these moments uh, within the reach of my voice lord god is known by you and loved by you and called by you lord god and we pray lord god for every group lord god I pray for the the leader listening right now who has one or two young people uh, i pray that you, holy spirit that you would give them a, a sense of excitement around these words a sense of ex, a sense of excitement and uh, uh, and potential lord god around raising the spiritual temperature in in that youth group of maybe two or three people lord god i pray for the leader who's within the sound of my voice right now listening to this who maybe has 40 young people gathered lord god but they're not sure what to do with them lord i thank you that you have a heart for those teenagers lord god i thank you that your desire for them lord god is 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 great i pray that you would use that leader lord god in order to to cause change and to cause spiritual temperature to rise in that youth ministry, Lord God. We pray for the youth club, Lord God, where the leader's discouraged and perhaps it feels like there's no fruit, Lord God. I thank you that they're making a a difference for the sake of eternity, Lord God. I thank you that your smile uh, is upon them. I thank you that your love is superimposed over them, Lord God, and that you are using them to bring fruit Lord God, for the sake of eternity, Lord God, I thank you that for every leader, Lord God, right now, that what they're seeing, whether great or not so great, whether uh, exciting or whether exhausting, Lord God, I thank you that none of us are really seeing the fruit of what eternity will show, Lord God. Yeah. I thank you that it's just, it's not even a glimpse, Lord God, of really what it'll look like when we're with you, Lord God. And we're looking at, at, at some of the labor that we've put in, some of the hard work that we've put in for the sake of young people's destinies and lives and futures, Lord God. I thank you that in our youth ministry uh, and youth groups and youth clubs and youth work projects and pioneer projects right now are teenagers who have the capacity to, to shake the earth for the cause of the gospel, Lord God. I pray that you would use us as leaders, Lord God, in those settings, as volunteers in those settings, Lord God, to raise the spiritual temperature, Lord God, in order that teenagers from 
all over the earth. Lord God, we would shake the earth with the good news about Jesus, led by the Holy Spirit, filled by your Holy Spirit, moving in power by you. Thank you that the children of God are led by the Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Ryan, thank you so much for your wisdom. Thank you for joining us on the podcast today. And thank you to all of you who have uh, listened and downloaded and subscribed. Uh, We really hope that this episode has been helpful to you. And if it has, don't forget to uh, subscribe, to hit that automatic downloads button, and you can get a little slice of youth ministry gold into your podcast feed uh, every single month. And, 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 And hey, if this has been helpful to you, and you think that these conversations would be helpful to another youth leader that you know, then please uh, do do share that via your socials, uh, rate and review it on your, your podcast app, which just helps it to get into the ears of the right people. And of course, don't forget, Limitless Festival Early Bird is about to close at the end of April. So get your group booked in ASAP. Hey, I'm just reminded in this conversation with Ryan that the task to which we are called is nothing more and nothing less than to raise up young people who passionately love and follow Jesus. And what uh, what a privilege it is to be called to such a task. You know, what are we going to give our lives to that's more important than that? And so we want to say to you who are listening, thank you. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for persevering through the struggles, uh, celebrating in the joys. Thank you for giving your time and your energy and your prayerfulness to raising up young people who love and follow Jesus. Keep going. Don't give up because what you're doing is so, so important. Thank you, everybody. We will look forward to seeing you next time on the Limitless Leadership Podcast.